0: Welcome to Christ Church. The following is a homily from our Sunday morning gathering in Tulsa, Oklahoma. Enjoy. Take my words and speak through them. Take our ears and hear through them. Take our hearts and set them on fire. With love for you, our Lord and our Redeemer. Amen. Welcome to week four of the Alpha series. Today... Our topic is, how can I have faith? This week's topic of faith addresses the question, what is a Christian, and how do I know that I'm a Christian? When a person becomes a Christian, they begin a new life. Christianity is about a relationship with Jesus, and when we are in a relationship with someone, we know it. We can know that we are Christians. Faith is trust, and everyone exercises faith. But faith in Jesus is not a blind leap. It is a step based on evidence. Christian faith is based on three things. God's promise, the Word of God, the work of Jesus, and the witness of the Holy Spirit. So, what is faith? You know it's my favorite word. Faith is defined as belief with strong conviction, firm belief in something from which there is no tangible proof, complete trust, confidence, reliance, or devotion. In Hebrews 11, it says, faith is the assurance of things hoped for. Many of God's children limp through life, starved for love, because they haven't learned how to receive. This is essentially an act of faith, believing that God loves us with with boundless, uneverlasting love. Are you a morning person or are you an evening person? Some people are at their best in the morning, some people are at the best in their evening. If I'm best at any time in the day, it's early in the morning. As most of you know, I wake up really early and I immediately turn on the Energizer Bunny and I feel quite lively. But as it comes later in the day, my energy level begins to dwindle. By 8.15, I'm beginning to fall asleep. By 8.30, I really want to be in bed And by 9 o'clock, I'm asleep wherever I am. Most of my work life over the last 40 years has been focused on working. And I usually always went to bed about 10 o'clock. So I had a reputation with my family that I was like this. But though my sleep patterns haven't changed, my life has changed from being a workaholic to being a person of God. My priorities have changed as my spiritual life has become much more important than work. Since this change, my life will never be the same again. My old life is gone. My new life has begun. As Paul was writing to the Christians in Corinth, he said, those who become Christians become new persons. They're not the same anymore for the old life is gone, the new life has begun. The most exciting thing about this uh, is a relationship is all of the relationship with God. Paul said, those who become Christians. And so what does it mean to be a Christian? To some, the word Christian may have some negative connotations sometimes. But for others, it's a very positive word. People think, well, a Christian, that means to be a good, nice person. But does it? Because there are atheists who are extremely nice people, but they wouldn't want to be known as Christians because they're not. Other people say, well, surely we're Christians because we're born in a Christian country. But being born in a Christian country doesn't make you a Christian any more than being born at a McDonald's makes you a hamburger. It doesn't follow. So what is a Christian? A person is someone who follows Jesus, someone who puts their faith in Jesus Christ. And of course, this happens and varies enormously between people. For some people... There's a very defining moment as to when they became Christians. Can you pinpoint the day or the time or the year that you became a Christian? I don't remember a specific day or year for me. It just seems like I've always been a Christian. And I hope my children and grandchildren will be able to say, I've never known a time in my life when I wasn't a Christian. I was brought up like that, and I'm still a Christian. Other people would say, well, I think at one point I wasn't a Christian, but now I am a Christian, but I couldn't tell you exactly when it happened, and that's okay. C.S. Lewis uses the analogy, if you're on a train from Paris to Berlin, some people know the exact time and moment they cross the border. Other people might be asleep, and they don't know that. But what matters is, ...that you know that you're in Berlin. And what matters is that you know you're a Christian now... ...if that's what you would like. The New Testament says that we can know that we're a Christian. In John's Gospel it reads, "...to all who believed Him..." That's all who received Jesus. "...to those who believe..." In other words, those that had faith... In his name, he gave the right to become children of God. What John was describing is the closest possible intimate relationship of love. It's like the relationship between a child and a parent. In other places, it's talked about like a lover or a friend. And sometimes in the New Testament, it's even an analogy between a husband and wife. That close, intimate relationship. John writes, I write these things to you who believe in the name of the Son of God that you may know that you may have eternal life. You can know you're a Christian. You can know that you have faith. And you can know that you have eternal life. So, what is this faith, this confidence, this assurance based on? Well, it's kind of like a three legged stool and we're going to talk about them, and they are equally important. The first leg of the stool is the Word of God. It's based on facts, not feelings. If you ask me how I know I'm a Christian, I would point to the Bible. I would point to the Word of God. Paul writes, faith comes by hearing, and hearing through the Word of God. Now, maybe this is something that you've already experienced, you can come here and hear this being explained and you would think, ah, I'm beginning to have a little faith. Another way you could do it is by reading the Bible on your own, reading one or more of the Gospels. Nicky Gumbel, who wrote the Alpha Series, says that that's what he did. He read the New Testament and he didn't have any faith before because he was an atheist. But by the time he'd come to the end of the New Testament, he had experienced faith. God speaks through the Bible. But we can begin to take the word of God and start to put that into practice. Let me give you an example. Here's a verse which is a promise near the end of the New Testament in Revelations 3.20 where Jesus says, Here I am... Stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come and eat with that person and they with me. Holman Hunt, an artist, illustrated this verse with a painting called The Light of the World. This is what the verse is saying. Imagine that your, house is like a, your life is like a house... And Jesus is knocking on the door of your life and saying, Here I am standing at the door and knock. I'd like to come into your life, into the house of your life, and be a part of your life. I want to come in and eat with you. This is a sign of friendship. If you look at the painting, you see the door is overgrown with thorns and thistles. It's like a person has never opened the door to Jesus. And here Jesus is knocking now. And when Holman Hunt painted the picture, people said, This is a great painting. But someone said to him, You've actually made a mistake. Holman said, What do you mean a mistake? He said, Well, look at the door. There's no handle. And Holman said, no, 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 that's not a mistake. There is a handle, but it's on the inside of the door. In other words, Jesus is not going to force his way into our lives. He stands at the door and knocks and leaves it up to you and me to decide whether to invite him in to be a part of our lives. But his promise is this. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in. We invite him in. He will always be with us. He'll never leave us. And he says this relationship is, just, is not just for now, it's for all eternity. That's what we looked at when we looked at the resurrection. Jesus is alive now. He can be in a relationship with us now. And that relationship goes beyond this life. It goes for all eternity. The second leg of the stool is the work of Jesus. It's all done. If you ask me how I know I'm a Christian, I can point to an event in history. The life, death, and resurrection of Jesus. Sometimes pe- times people say, well, I don't think I could be a Christian because I'm not good enough. And if I was going to be a Christian, there's a lot of things I have to do in my life. I need to sort it out first. I need to change things and excuse after excuse. No, you come exactly as you are. It's not about what we do or what we can achieve it's about what has been done for us by Jesus on the cross. That's what we're looking, we, that's what Father Everett was looking at last week. We've received total forgiveness and we receive it as a gift. Paul wrote, for the wages of sin is death, but the free gift of God is in eternal life is Christ Jesus our Lord. A free gift. I don't know what you feel when you hear that expression, free gift. I know for me, I think, uh, no, I don't believe it. There's bound to be a catch. I'm mostly a skeptic when it comes to something free. And I think many of us are deeply suspicious of anyone who offers us a free gift. There was a couple out for a walk in a park with their daughter and son-in-law, and it was raining. They went into a cafe to get some coffee. The son and son-in-law ordered a latte, and there was a bit of a mix-up, and he got two lattes instead of one. And he said, no, no, I don't want this one. And they said, well, no, no, you can have it because it's free. So he offered it to his in-laws. And they didn't want it. And he said, okay, I'm going to go and offer it to someone in the park. So the son-in-law decided he was going to try and give this latte to somebody in the park. But when anyone saw him approaching, they all backed away. And no one wanted to take it. And the more people backed away, the more they looked suspicious. Because the people thought they could see everyone backing away. And they thought, huh. What's going on? The in-laws and the daughter were standing there roaring with laughter. I think they thought it might have been some kind of a reality program that was filming him. So he just couldn't give it away. Eventually, he walked alongside a person for about 400 yards, chatting with them, making friends with them, and eventually persuaded them to take it, which by this time it was cold. But the point is, nobody wanted a free gift. And we're so suspicious. And we catch and we think, you know, God is offering us this free gift. There must be a catch. Well, there isn't a catch. It is free, but it's not cheap. It cost Jesus' life. He died for you, He died for me. So that we could be forgiven and receive this gift of eternal life. This gift of a total, complete relationship with Him. And we receive it through repentance and faith. God loves us. He never asks us to give up things that are good for us. He just says, get rid of the junk, turn away from it. And then faith. Faith is just trust. That's what it means. Everyone exercises faith. If you're sitting at home, sitting in a chair, you're trusting that chair will hold you. And all the way through life, we exercise faith. The third leg of the stool is the witness of the Holy Spirit. If you ask me how I'm a Christian, how I know I'm a Christian, I can point to the Word of God. I can point to Jesus' death and resurrection. And now I can also point to decades of experience of a relationship with Him. And in the verse in Revelation where Jesus is knocking on the door, He says, If anyone opens the door, I will come in. He comes in by His Spirit. It's the Spirit of Jesus who comes to live with us. And Jesus says the Holy Spirit is like the wind. We can't see the wind. Has anybody seen the wind? No. Do we believe the wind exists? Absolutely. Why? Because we can see its impact. We can see the leaves and the branches blowing to and fro. It's the same way with the Holy Spirit. Maybe even your own life, you're beginning to see a change. So how do we change? Paul says the fruit of the Spirit, the things that start to change when the Spirit comes to live within us, the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control, the list goes on and on. These are the kinds of ways that the Spirit changes us. Being a Christian doesn't make us any better than anybody else, but hopefully it makes us better than we were before. And as we take a step of faith, as that experience begins to take place, it moves from here to here from faith to knowledge of a relationship, knowing a person. Another thing about the wind, you know, we can see its impact. We can also feel the wind, and we can feel the Holy Spirit. Not a physical feel, but we can feel God's love for us. In Romans it reads, The Spirit testifies with our spirit that we are children of God. The love of God is poured out into our hearts by the Holy Spirit. We experience His love for us. In the script, we're supposed to talk about our grandchildren. But since we're doing pet blessings today, I'm going to talk about my puppy, Hydro. I've mentioned him before and the love that I see from him. And those of you who I know have new dogs or cats or something know exactly what I'm talking about. From early in the morning when he barks to get out of his pen to the time he goes to bed just before me, he's always looking and and wanting to share his attention with me. If I have a conference call upstairs and he's downstairs in his room, when he hears my footsteps coming down, he jumps and runs around like a wild boar. It's not just like in the first thing in the morning. And he wants to be with me at all time. There is no end to his unconditional love and devotion. And to me, that's what... Uh, the picture of, of what God wants to do for us. He wants to pick us up and hold us and love us unconditionally forever. To know that we are loved, to know that we are held in God's outstretched arms, that's what it means to be a Christian. That's what it means to have the Spirit of God living within us. That's what it means to be in a relationship with God. Here's a prayer that we can all pray. It's a prayer saying we're sorry for the past, thanking Jesus for what he's done at the cross for us, and inviting him to come into our life by his spirit. Just echo this prayer in the silence of your heart. Lord Jesus Christ, thank you that you love me so much. I now turn away from everything that I know is wrong, all the bad stuff. Thank you that you died so that I could be forgiven. I put my trust in you and in what you did on the cross. And now I open the door of my heart and I invite you to come into my life by your spirit to be with me forever. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Amen. Thank you for listening. For more, go to ChristChurchTulsa.org and peace be with you.